All right, how many come to hear a word from the Lord on tonight? Amen. I certainly uh, thank God because Jesus said, with desire, I have desired to spend this moment with you. Amen. And certainly God has given me a topic uh, that uh, hit my heart heavy. And I think it's uh, something that is uh, timely uh, for the church, the day and time in which we live right now. And it's dangerous church culture. Amen. Jesus warns us of a dangerous church culture that's going to be prevalent right before he returns. And, and I believe if, if Jesus warns us of something and lets us know uh, this is going to be one of the signs of my coming, I think each and every one of us ought to take notice and our ears ought to perk up. Amen. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. Amen. And certainly uh, we're living in a time now where deception is the order of the day. We have it at the highest court of the land. Amen. The Supreme Court. Amen. And you all know the debacle. Uh, that is going on now. Not, I'm not talking about the the laws concerning abortion. I'm talking about the leak uh, that took place. That's taking place. You know, when you have the the sacred halls of justice, you would think certain things would not be divulged. But uh, the day and time in which we live, we are seeing it happen at the highest level. Deception. People are being deceived. Amen. Certainly uh, things that you thought that you could count on, things of integrity, things that were confidential uh, are now being leaked at the highest level. And it's time for the church uh, to look to Jesus as never before. Amen. Uh, but we all know this as children of God, but I'm hoping that we'll have some reminders on tonight that through this Bible class that will uh, spark our thought process. And we'll come to the conclusion that the Lord, he is soon to come. Dangerous church culture. All right. I'm hoping that each and every one of us know, and this is not a, a news flash, but through our Bible study, we ought to already know um, that we are in the battle of Armageddon. This ought not be a shock. To anybody that's been uh, in Bible class, it's been attending, paying attention. All right. Uh, we are in the middle of this battle of Armageddon right now. The experts are asking the question, what is President Putin's end game? Amen. Uh, how far does he want to take this thing? How far will he go? All right. Now, we know that his end game through the study and research of God word, his end game is Israel. All right. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, um, United States is in this war. We're already in this war. 
President Putin has put out so many threats. Anybody that will assist Ukraine, uh, there's going to be swift consequences. And and we're touting uh, how we're sending military uh, aid and support to Ukraine. So we're already in this war. War, War Three is already begun. World War Three, or you can call it the Battle of Armageddon, uh, they're the one and the same. Amen? <laughs> they're one and the same. And I know people are saying, well, we're praying that the Lord will heal the land. He is going to heal the land. Uh, that's during the tribulation, not the tribulation, but the millennial period, the millennial reign. God is going to heal this land. But until that time, things are going to get worse and worse. Remember in Revelation 6, verse 3, the second seal was opened. And all these riders on these horse are the Antichrist. That's who's coming. Amen. Uh, that second seal, uh, the rider of that horse, which is the Antichrist, will be given authority, given power to take peace from this earth. World War One, we had areas, not the whole world wasn't at war. There was areas of peace. World War Two, World War Two, uh, there was areas of peace. The whole world was not at war. But this World War Three, this battle of Armageddon, this second seal uh, that is going to be revealed in uh, Revelation 6, the rider on the horse is going to be given power to take peace from the earth. From the earth. There will be no areas of the earth that will not be at war. My God. Uh, verse 5, the third seal. What did we see? We saw balances. All right. And what does the balances mean? Famine. My God. And it's certainly, if there's ever a time that we need to get our financial house in order, uh, we need to get our spiritual house in order. My God, it is now. And if you're thinking, looking, praying for things to get better, you're just praying against God's word. These things are coming to pass. He said, my word have gone out of my mouth. It's not going to return unto me void. It will accomplish what I have set it out to do. How do we know this is the battle of Armageddon? We read that in Ezekiel 38. All right. Ezekiel was told to prophesy against Gog. All right. Uh, Gog is a title. It's a czar, if you will, or an oligarch uh, of uh, Russia, as they're known in Russia. All right. He says, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. And we know even back in the days of Josephus, they've already determined and already know that that area north of the Capsation Sea is Russia. Magog is Russia. All right. Who is he? The chief prince of Meshach. Meshach is a old word for Moscow. All right. Uh, and Tubal. All right. That is Tabask. 
That is an old Siberian oil capital that exists or used to exist in Russia. And it says prophesy against him. Personal pronoun. This is the, the czar. He is the, the oligarch of Moscow. Come on, somebody. And uh, to Bosk. Amen. And it is an individual. Prophesy against personal pronoun he. Now, I know uh, Lindsey Graham has been calling for the assassination of President Putin, but it doesn't matter. Whoever the chief priest of Meshach, all right, Tubal, amen, Gog, uh, that individual, and it, it doesn't have to be Putin, but it will be somebody that's in position and of power and of authority in Russia that's making this decision to attack Israel. All right, Ukraine is just the beginning. They've already uh, uh, conquered uh, some of those areas uh, of the western, is it the eastern part of Ukraine, uh, but they want to conquer uh, Kiev, uh, the capital, and once they get Ukraine, uh, then we go into the NATO uh, nations. Uh, and they will continue on. And God said his end game is Israel. How do you know that, Pastor? All right. He said, set thy face against Gog. All right. The land of Magog, the chief priest, the prince of Meshach, of Tubal, and prophesy against him. And what does he say? I will turn thee back and put hooks in your jaws. My God, because God told Ezekiel to prophesy even to the mountains. Uh, that land, we've, we've gone through that now. If you missed it, um, the beginning of sorrows, uh, part four is where we actually get into this prophecy in Ezekiel 38. Prophesy against him and Ezekiel Prophesy even to the land that this is my land. God deeded it to Abraham and his seed. My God, and the Bible says, and we be Abraham's seed, and what? Heirs according to the promise. Tell Putin, this is my land. He can't have it. And even when he said prophesy to the mountain, why would you prophesy to the mountain? That's just to let you know that even if you did get your hands on it, the earth would not yield unto you her strength. Even the land knows that it belongs to God. Amen. And when we read in our Bibles and it talks about in that day and in the last day, saints, we're talking about today. We're talking about right now. The battle of Armageddon has already begun. We have talked about how uh, the mystery of iniquity doth already work and only he that letteth will let. Every portion of the tribulation period, an aspect of it, uh, 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 a sample of it is already taking place. That's all we need now is for God to snatch his bride out. Who is that? We are the bride of Christ. When he rescue his bride and takes his bride out of harm's way, 
that's when everything is going to break out and there is going to be the tribulation period. But I'm so glad uh, the church, we will not be going through the tribulation because the tribulation uh, well, if you think things are bad now, the tribulation will be hell on earth. All right. So the Lord is soon to come and whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. Amen. And listen, whatever you do, uh, keep in mind that the Lord is coming. Amen. You know, when you tell people to do something quickly, uh, not all good thoughts come to people's mind, but I want you to know Whatever you do, keep in mind that the Lord, he is soon to come. All right. Everybody ought to have your Bibles. I'll have your Bibles. Turn with me uh, to John. We want to go to John, the 18th chapter in verse 37. And I want to share with you uh, a thought there that um, Jesus made in a statement that he said that I think we ought to take note to. Now, this is Jesus standing before Pilate. All right. <clears throat> standing before Pilate and Pilate is actually being set up. Amen. Pilate uh, is going to have to answer to some things that came out of his own mouth. Now, um, we're going to get right to our point, but we're going to pick up some scriptures around it. John 18. <clears throat> um, yes, John 18. And verse 37. Everybody. <clears throat> everybody ought to have your Bible. This is body both study. All right. Now, I want you to go all the way down to verse 37, and we're going to go down to the end of that verse 37, all right? And we're going to read the last words of Jesus uh, on that verse, and he said, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? Everybody's not hearing the voice of God. Mm. Jesus said, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Everybody is not hearing the word of God. And I'm talking about some of God's own, his own dear children. They're not hearing his voice. Look at this. Um, they, he's standing before a pilot and he has been delivered to Pilate by his own people, the Jews. And let's get a little background, um, to this. All right. It says verse 33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answering him, sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of me? Come on, somebody. Let's just, you know, pay attention to what Jesus is saying, because 
Jesus is going to get that thing to come out of his own mouth. Pilate is going to say, now, Pilate never accused Jesus of being a king of the Jews. All right. But uh, Jesus is putting some things on record. And I want you to take note to this. Now, look at this. Pilate answered and said, am I a Jew? <laughs> uh, thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What has thou done? You're asking me, uh, you know, are, I'm asking you, are you a king? And Jesus said, well, did you, uh, is that what you're saying? Or did you hear somebody else say that? He said, I'm not no Jew. Your own people have delivered you to me. And what have you done? <laughs> Let's read on here in 36. Uh, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Look at this, uh, verse 37, once more. Pilate, since it was a fact, said unto him, Art thou a king then? Are you a king? <laughs> and I want you, now Pilate is being set up. And there's a point we want to make here. Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king, and to this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, uh, everyone that is of the truth, they hear my voice. All right, let's go on down. Verse 38. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. I, I'm not finding. I know y'all brought him to me. The Jews didn't have authority uh, to do any executions, but they wanted Jesus executed. So they had to bring him to the Roman government. All right. I find no fault in him. Look at verse 39. But you have a custom that I should release unto you at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you what? The king of the Jews. It came out of Pilate's mouth. And Jesus set him up. He set him up. He sure did. Uh, he asked him, are you a king? He said, well, is, is that what you say? Or is that what you heard somebody else say? Then he asked him again, are you the king of the Jews? Come on, somebody. Uh, Jesus said, thou sayest that I am. But Pilate didn't say that. But when we go down here into verse 39, that's exactly what he says. He is the king of the Jews. Verse 40, then cried they all again, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. And look at that last uh, thought there. Now Barabbas was a robber. My God, <laughs> there was no question who Barabbas, who or what Barabbas was. But they'd rather have Barabbas than to have Jesus. All right. 
Now, what is your point, pastor? What are you saying? When Pilate stands before God and the books are open, he will not be able to say, I didn't know. Yeah, he was set up. He won't be able to say, I didn't know he was the king of the Jews because he's going to, everything is being recorded. And when the books are open, he'll hear himself. Who should I release? Jesus, king of the Jews? It came out of his own mouth. All right, pastor, I understand what you're saying. But what is your point? Some of us today are being set up. Come on, somebody. My God. Everything is being recorded. And when the books are open, you're going to see yourself. My God. Denying Christ. Doing uh, your own volition. Doing your own, having, having it your way having your own will and denying him. All right. Uh, let's look at John 5 and 43. John 5 and 43. There's uh, something important here. I think we need to take into uh, account. Jesus made it a point to let them know. And it's really a sad uh, occasion. John 5 and 43. What did he say? I am come in my father's name and ye receive me not. He came to his own and his own received him not. Look what he goes on to say. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, um... They rejected him. They rejected his word. They rejected his salvation. And everything is going to be recorded. Amen. And it's strange how people today, they can't see. You know, people are so deceived. You can share with them facts. And they still can't come to truth. You can't uh, show it to them. You can't teach it to them. They just will not receive it. Come on, somebody. Why? Because Jesus said, everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. All those others, they're just not going to receive it. They're not going to have it. And matter of fact, Jesus said, of which of my good works do you want to stone me to death? The Bible said they stopped their ears and ran upon him. My God. Now, so today's condition, the condition, the time in which we live, everybody is not going to hear the words of Jesus. Everybody is not going to accept his truth. Even of his own people. What is the point you're making, Pastor? You're being set up. You're not going to be able to say, I didn't know. Because when the books are open, 
You're going to hear it come out of your own mouth. You're going to see yourself going and taking your own path. My God, everybody is not going to receive truth because Jesus said, everyone that is of the truth, they hear my voice. All the others will follow their own pernicious ways. All right, let's go to Luke 17. I'm just wanting to let you know, you're being set up. You're being set up. The Bible said the books shall be opened. Amen. And we will not be able to say, I didn't know. All right, Luke 17, the dear physician that thought he ought to write everything down in order. Amen. Left on record something I think we need to uh, take into consideration. Luke 17, and we're going to begin um, at verse 20. And we're going to read down through verse 37. All right. Jesus warns of the dangerous spiritual and social church culture that is going to surround his coming. All right. Let's, let's read this. Everybody have your Bible. He says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God shall come, the Pharisees want to know, listen, just tell us when the kingdom of God is going to come. He answered and said, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. My God. And he said unto the disciples, the day will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the son of man, and ye shall not see it. Now that doesn't mean he's not coming. And they shall say to you, see here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part under uh, heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day when he comes. But first must he suffer many things. I got to suffer many things. And be rejected of this generation. This final generation is rejecting God. And it was uh, was in the day as it was, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it were in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed all of them. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, when you saw in that day, in these days, in the last days, 
we're talking about right now. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Amen. I tell you in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. Now that, that, that sounds a little strange, don't it? Two men in one bed, but we'll, we'll explain it. We'll get to that later. Uh, one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Uh, two women shall be grinding together. That kind of sounds strange too, <laughs> but we'll explain it. All right. One shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, where, Lord? And he said unto them, wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered. And that sounds a little strange as a, a summation uh, when he's talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. And that's what this whole discourse is talking about. Uh, the coming, the return, uh, the doctrine of the rapture, if you will. All right. And I know that seems strange, but in, uh, since he ended with that, let's explain that first. Um, I always think about, and you all know that I'm a Western uh, movie buff. And uh, a lot of times when uh, the old cowboy is out on the range and he would see birds uh, circling, he know uh, if he's looking for a, a lost calf or a lost sheep, he's going to say, oh man, now I don't already know what's happening because anytime you see those birds circling, uh, they are eating on a, a dead carcass. All right. So that was a sign to anybody that was looking for anything dead. If you saw birds circling in the air, uh, that was a sign that there's a dead carcass uh, somewhere. Now, uh, the eagle is a bird of prey and some translations of the Bible use the word vulture. And I think we all know, I know the eagle is supposed to be that majestic bird and it's our sign, uh, but um, it's a bird of prey. And uh, some translations give a little bit better understanding and call it a vulture. All right. Uh, a bird of prey will feed off of dead things. So what Jesus is saying when you see these conditions, when you see these signs happening on the earth, the Lord's return is just as sure as you see birds or a vulture circling in the sky. It is a sure sign of the return, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. Now watch this. Uh, vultures got to live somewhere. If you see one vulture, that's not the sign. Come on, somebody. You know, you're subject to see a vulture or an eagle uh, by itself anywhere. But when you see a gathering, come on, somebody, of 
vultures or an eagle, that is a sign. When you see multiple, it is the sign, all right, that the coming of the Lord Christ is imminent. Amen. Uh, so one, and let's talk about, let's think about the signs. If you see one sign, well, that's not an indication of the coming of the Lord. But if you see multiple signs, that lets you know that the Lord's return is imminent. He's coming. All right. This is how you're going to know. All right. So he explains certain conditions, spiritual and social uh, that will be present upon this earth just prior to his return. And it ought to be an indication to each and every one of us that the Lord is soon to come. And when we started out in verse 20, the Pharisees demanded of him, uh, what's going to be the sign of your coming? What's going to be the sign of the coming of the kingdom uh, of God? And he shares with them, all right, um, uh, the signs. Now, he didn't give them a date because he said the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now, we all know that Sunday is May 8th. That's Mother's Day, all right? And we know every year Mother's Day is going to come. Because there's a date. It's on the calendar. It Mother's Day come with observation, but not the kingdom of God. It does not come with observation. All right. But what did he say? The kingdom of God is in you. All right. So instead of watching the calendar, watch what people do. Watch how they act. Observe the signs of the coming of the Lord. All right. He starts out with some spiritual things, and then he goes into some social things. And I want to share those uh, with you on tonight. All right. He warns of false prophets and false messiahs will come. All right. Look at verse. Uh, we're in Luke 17 now, uh, verse 22 and 23. And he said unto his disciples, the days will come, and that is today, when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. Come on, somebody. The Bible talks about there's going to come a time there's going to be a famine for the hearing of God's word, not for the teaching or preaching of God's word. The word is going to be taught. He said, until this gospel be preached into the world, come on somebody, uh, that's when the end is going to come. But there's going to become a famine for the hearing. It'll be taught. It'll be preached. But people won't hear the word of God. Why? Because they're not of the truth. Because he said, because anybody that's of the truth, they hear my word. They hear my voice. All right. All right. So people are going to long to see the day of Christ. What are you talking about, uh, uh, pastor? Uh, that doesn't mean that God is not coming. Uh, what are they looking for? They're looking for miracles. 
They're looking for signs. They're looking for wonders. Uh, they're looking for crowds. They're looking for the book and the shout. Come on, somebody. They're looking for excitement. They're looking for popular preachers. Come on, somebody. They're looking for everything but the genuine word of God. And you know, it'd be surprised. You'd be surprised if people say, "Well, I, I'm going here and I'm I'm going there and I, I'm looking uh, for something. It just it just ain't here." You know, the word by itself is not good enough anymore. Come on, somebody. My God, uh, people want them to go where they get position or where you know they feel that you know they will be recognized, that they might be popular. You know, like they're gonna strike gold somewhere. Uh, they're gonna be looking for the day of the Lord, and they're not going to find it. They're gonna be so desperate that people are gonna say, "Well, you know, um, he's here." Or he's there. Come on, somebody. Um, they're going to be so eager, they're going to embrace all kinds of false teachers, false prophets, thinking that it is of the Lord, thinking that it is of the Lord, but in actuality, it is of the devil. Come on, somebody. My God. You all remember when Paul was at Mars Hill and those Epicureans were there, those Greek philosophers, and they sought only to see and to know something new. They didn't say, show us the old path. They wanted something new and they were superstitious in their worship because they set up an altar to the unknown God. And Paul said, listen, brethren, y'all too superstitious. Y'all looking for something new. Come on, somebody. But the God that you don't know, that's the one I want to preach to you. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. And there's only one baptism. Come on, somebody. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. All right. What did Jesus say? All right, they're going to be so curious, seeking after signs, seeking after miracles, seeking after crowds, seeking after the, the buck and the shout, that individuals are going to, they're going to be so desperate and they're going to say, well, he's there. He's over there. He said, don't go out and don't follow them because they are false teachers, false preachers, false ministries. Don't run after them or follow them. They're false prophets, teachers, false ministries. They're going to say that they are of God, but in fact, they are of the devil. And it's amazing to me today that people have little concern about truth. They'll run somewhere where there's the, the buck and the shout. Oh, come on, somebody. Or, or, you know, something that tickles their fancy, but it doesn't matter about the plan of salvation. You know, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. So it's more about not truth, but something that tickles my fancy that I want to be about, that I want to be involved in. And they're not even concerned about truth. And you know, and they'll make up 
you know, all kinds. Oh, yeah, well, they got the truth. And, you know, they, you know they'll tell them, well, you know, we all serve in the same God. Come on, somebody. Going someplace wondering, well, y'all going to need a pastor on down the road or y'all going to need a psalmist. And, you know, just want to be in the in crowd. Want to be in the limelight. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 29 and 13 Isaiah 29 and 13, and we're just getting some of the scriptures that support what we're reading. But Jesus spells it all out right here in uh, Luke 17. Don't don't lose Luke 17. But I want to show you something in Isaiah 29, 13. Uh, What does he say? Wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as the people draw near to me with their mouth. And with their lips, they do honor me, but have removed their heart from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. These false teachers, these false preachers, these false ministries, they talk a good game, but their heart, come on somebody, my God but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept. What is that? Just a religious rule. You know, well, you know, we're all serving the same God. It's all the same thing. You know, all, you know, people don't have no fear toward God today. What must I do to be, yeah, you know, I'm glad y'all got a praise team. I'm glad y'all got a a, a preacher that can preach and a preacher that can teach. And and it's a, a fledgling ministry. But the bottom line, what must I do to be? Because when it's all said and done, my God. If I don't see his face in peace, what good is the buck and the shout? My God, what good will it have been to be running with the crowd? What must I do to be saved? Is the truth being preached in this ministry? Their fear toward me is taught by the precept. Um, you know, God's too merciful to uh, throw us in hell. And I, one rich man told me, you know, uh, I believe in a heaven, but, you know, I just don't believe God is, is uh, um, that cruel to put people in hell. And I asked him, I said, how can you read the same book and believe one part of it and not believe the other? It's the same source. How can you go to the same source? That's a rich man thinking, well, I can take what I want and I can reject what I don't want. God's word don't go like that. (laughs) My God, it don't work like that. Either it's all right or it's all wrong. And we know it's right. And if there is a heaven, you better believe there's a hell. My God. And it has enlarged itself without measure. My God, that the mean man. All right. 
Uh, so they want to be leaders. You have individuals, they want to be pastors. Now, God hasn't called them, but they want to be pastors. They want to be leaders. Uh, the Bible described them as hirelings, and they care not for the flock, because when the hirelings see the danger coming, what does he do? He fleeth. Come on, somebody. Why does he flee? Because that's what he is. He's just a hireling. He's there for the money. There for the show. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, so uh, one of the things that when God had revealed to me that I was going to be a pastor, my cry was, Lord, I want to be saved. You know, as a pastor, you are responsible for the souls that God sent to you. And I thought it was a big, uh, big enough job, you know, uh, for me <laughs> to make it in. You mean to tell me, you know, not only do I have to make it in, but you're going to hold me responsible. And I take that seriously. You're going to hold me responsible for other people. So, well, that's what a pastor does. Come on, somebody. My God. And it's not anybody that's seeking uh, the position of a pastor don't know what a pastor do, don't know what a pastor goes through. My God, matter of fact, if you just read the words of Moses, he said, Moses said, Lord, if it's going to be like these people are going to worry me to death. And if it's just going to, if it's going to be like this, just kill me, kill me now, get it over with. Uh, but thank God for his father-in-law, Jethro, come on somebody. Uh, told him, listen, Moses, this, this burden is, is too heavy for you. Uh, you need an administration. You need some, some helps in the ministry. And every pastor needs some helps, some dependable people that can assist him in the ministry. But at the, at the, at the end of the day, God is holding the, re, the pastor responsible for the souls that he has sent to them. Come on, somebody. He's holding the pastor responsible. Now you have people, they're there for the show. They're there for the money. They're there for the population, popularity. They're there for the position, but they don't want to take the responsibility. I mean, when it comes right down to it, they're not in that fire with you. You, you all by yourself. Come on, somebody. All right, verse 24, we're back in Luke 17 now, Luke 17, 24. What does he say? For as the lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven, shineth unto the other uh, part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Come on, somebody. People are running around, going here, going there, looking in desperate for this and desperate for, I got to be part of, you know, this, this ministry. I got to be part of this gifting. I got to be part of, of this. When that's all you need to do is be saved. Get saved and, and, and go somewhere and sit down and be quiet. My God. Uh, Jesus said, when he comes, you ain't going to miss it. Matter of fact, you might miss it in the buck and the shout. 
You might miss it in all the, the other things that are going around around ministry. When he comes, you're not going to miss this thing. The whole world is going to know. But individuals are so desperate for excitement, desperate to be part of this crowd, desperate to be part of this group. Do you know a, a desperate individual will kill you? A drowning individual? Come on, somebody. My God. An individual that's in a pool and uh, drowning will reach out for anything. That's why the lifeguard has the, the long pole, the 20-foot pole on the side of the pool. You jump in that water uh, of a drowning individual, they have so much adrenaline and so much strength uh, going on, they'll grab you and both of you will go to the bottom of the pool. A desperate individual will reach out for anything. Individuals, they, they become so desperate thinking that they're going to miss something. They become vulnerable to false ministries, false teachers, you know somebody, false prophets, because they're desperate and they'll reach out and grab onto something that they think is the real thing. But Jesus said, don't go out, don't follow them. My God, both Ezekiel and uh, John wrote in Revelation, uh, Jesus said, when I come, the nations will know that I am the Lord. Come on, somebody. Anybody that says that I am the Christ, come on, somebody, is a false ministry, a false prophet. My God. And certainly we know that in the last day, in the time in which we live, the government and the false church are going hand in hand. We've studied all of this. We've proved all this in the scriptures. All right. All you have to do is live right. Songwriters say, if you live right, heaven belongs to you. All right. Now, this Jesus that's coming back this time, he, he's not going to be the, the lowly Jesus that comes in a manger. Come on, somebody. Uh, there's no room for him in the end. Oh, matter of fact, he said, when I do come, all the walls are coming down. Everything is going to be destroyed. The Temple Mount, come on, somebody. The dome, it's all coming down. Everybody's going to know. Come on, somebody. My God. Fire in his eyes and a sword out of his mouth. He's going to speak to his enemies and smite the nations. Sword in his mouth. That's all he's going to do is just speak. My God. And, and we, uh, the bride of Christ, going to be with him. Come on, somebody. All decked out in white, cheering him on. Go, Jesus, go. My God, what a time of rejoicings that will be. All the nations will know. Amen. Now, God said, I'm going to give you some pastors that's going to teach. 
Amen. And what are they for? The perfecting of the saints. You know, uh, it seems strange to me that people, you know, they, they, they want something to tickle their fancy, but they, they're not concerned about truth. Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you pastors after my own heart that's going to feed you. This is what you need to know. Going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. We need teaching now more than ever. Come on, somebody. I enjoy good preaching. Yes, I do. But we need teaching now more than ever before. People need to be taught because their minds. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? Now I'm in uh, Matthew 24 now. And the end of the world. Take heed that no man deceive you. My God. People are going to be deceived and are being deceived in this day. And listen, you know, people as if they want you to argue with them and fight with them and, and tussle with them. I'm talking about even over, you know, uh, basics, you know, the baptism in Jesus name and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, somebody uh, elementary, my dear Watson, I'm not getting nobody with no argument with nobody over that. I'll tell you what you need to do to be saved. Come on, somebody. And then you got the ones that are, you know, now they're looking for signs and, and miracles and gifts and calling. Come on, somebody. And they're more concerned with that than they are with the truth. I'm not going to argue with you about that. I'm just going to tell you the truth. God said, I'm going to set before you life and death. You do the choosing. You know, people want you to get all excited and, and, and go to fighting and go to arguing. Listen, uh, Jesus never did preach as hard as I preach on Sunday morning. What did he do for the kingdom of God? Is <laughs> He just talked to the people. I set before you life and death. You do the choosing. Come on, somebody. And when God comes, everybody going to know that he is the Lord. All right. Look what he says in Revelation 1 and 17. You're not going to miss this event. God is going to give you a pastor that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. You don't have to run here, run there, seeking signs, miracles and wonders. He'll give you pastors that will feed you, pastors that can. And he gave some pastors that can teach. Come on, somebody. All right, Revelation 117. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the kindred of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. You're not going to miss this. That's all you need to do. Matter of fact, he said those that have pierced him, he's going to pierce them. Everybody's going to know. The Bible said at that name, Jesus, 
Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Now, listen, uh, we know those individuals that are saved, uh, but what about those individuals that are going to hell? Even they will have to acknowledge that there is a God and his name is Jesus. At that name, Jesus, every knee, every tongue is going to confess, my God, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All right. Um, uh, Luke 17, verse 25. He lets us know uh, he's going to have to suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Luke 17, 25. But first must he suffer many things. Jesus is talking about himself. I got to suffer many things and I'm going to be rejected by this generation that we're living in right now. My God, not only this generation, those that are his own people are going to reject him. There are people now that won't receive truth, won't hear truth. You can't show it to them and agree to truth. I'm, I'm talking about looking at facts. A deceived mind. I know somebody. Deceived people. They're not of the truth, so they're not going to hear his voice. Mm. Jesus said, everybody that's of the truth will hear my voice. Everybody that's not is going to reject it. I'm going to be rejected of this generation and among this generation will be some of my own dear children. I, I know that for a fact. I talk with them, counsel with them, pray with them, travail with them again until Christ be formed. And uh, certain individuals just not going to receive truth. All right. So what did he uh, do? He outlines some things. But he says, but before that happens, I'm going to be rejected. There's going to be a spiritual climate and condition of false prophets, uh, false teachers, false ministries. Come on, somebody. My God, don't follow them. Don't go after them. Come on, somebody. That's all you got to do is be saved. All right. After this, he goes into some social conditions and climates. Amen. Dangerous church culture that's going to exist right around the time of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. So what does he do? He starts now comparing the days of Noah and the days of Lot. He says, just prior to my second coming, uh, the culture is going to be very similar as it was in the day of Noah and in the days of Lot. Come on, somebody. Both of these men, righteous men, were found in Genesis. They're about 240, 240 years apart, all right? 
both righteous men living in unrighteous times. My God. Uh, let's go to Genesis 6, 6 and 58. Genesis 6. Fifty-eight. All right, Genesis describes the spiritual climate, culture, and climate of Noah's day. The spiritual uh, culture and climate of Noah's day. What does it say? And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Anybody see what's going on? Uh, sadly, the story that's uh, surrounding the church, the abuse of children, sexual abuse of children, the evil faults of men's heart, not this heart, this one up here. They are uh, only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man upon the earth. Come on, somebody. It grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, what? I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing." And the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. All of God's creation, almost somebody had become corrupt. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. My God, a righteous man living in unrighteous times found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Uh, which among us righteous people living in unrighteous times will find grace? Oh, my God. I hope I find grace, the unmerited favor of God upon my life. Come on, somebody. And he's going to have to have mercy on us all. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. My God, I, I'm practicing showing mercy. You, you know how people want to want you to walk the plank, and if you don't do right, you know, to hell you go. I'm on somebody. People will write you off in a minute, but God said, you know what? My God, he's going to have mercy. And if we can learn to show mercy... People uh, have a hard time understanding that God loves the sinner. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. Paul said, and I mentioned this before, I travail with you again until Christ be formed in you. All right, let's go back to Luke 17, 26 and 27. Jesus describes the dangerous church culture. All right, he's making a comparison here. He said, so it was in the days of Noah. It's going to be uh, the same as it was 
in the day of the Son of Man. I, I'm, I, I'm giving a comparison here to you. These are the signs that you, when you see these signs, the Lord's return is imminent. All right, Luke 17, 26 and 27. What does he say? And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also uh, be also in the days of the Son of Man. What did they do? They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. What are some of the signs of Noah in an unrighteous time? Uh, uh, a, a, a righteous man living in an unrighteous time with all of that going on. What were the people doing? They were eating, drinking, marrying wives, were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And they were living their lives as if nothing was amiss. My God. All right. Let's drop down to verse 28 and 30. Because he gives us another example of these two righteous men. Look what he says. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot. I'm giving you one example of Noah. I'm giving you another example of Lot. What happened? They did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. When you see this sign, not just one bird of prey, but not just one sign, but these signs. Now, remember what he, what he said. Uh, now you see one sign, that, that doesn't mean, but when you see multiple signs, this is indication of the intimate, uh, um, not the intimate, uh, the, well, I should, I, I should call the imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. These are the things that are going to be going on. Uh, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Uh, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. My God. Lot was a righteous man living in unrighteous time. God was grieved at the sexual perversion that was going on. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, it grieved Lot's spirit so that he prayed. He prayed about it. He didn't talk about it. It, it grieved his spirit so that he prayed about it and God sent two angels. Come on, somebody. 
uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, those two twin cities, uh, basically mean what went on in one city was the same thing went on in the other city. Um, Sodom is where we get that English word sodomy. It is named after the sexually perverse city of Sodom. All right. What did God do? He destroyed both those cities. But before he destroyed them, what did he do? He sent two angels down in human form, human flesh, to rescue Lot and his family. Come on, somebody. My God, those men uh, were so turned out to sexual perversion. If you read it, they were going to tear that house down. They were going to tear that house down to have sex with those two angels that God sent in to rescue them. They were just that perverted, banging on the door. Lot said, I got, now this is something that's kind of strange. And you know, uh, some of these things in the Bible, you just got to ponder them. Lot said, I got two daughters here, which were married that never seen men. My God, what did they say? No, we don't want them daughters. We want those men that came into this house. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, some things that make you go, hmm. That, that, was, that was something. And the angels had to physically take them out because a lot lingered. Yeah, it did. Uh, let's go to Genesis 19. Genesis 19, and I want you to prove a point, make a point here. Genesis 19 and 16. You all have a say, man. Look what it says. And while he lingered, that's Lot, the men laid hold on his hand and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Can you imagine that? Now, Lot was the one that was grieved in his spirit concerning uh, the culture. You know, somebody. The evilness, the sexual perversion, yet when it was time to go, he lingered. And the angel had to physically grab him, grab his wife, grab his two daughters and take them and put them without the city. The Bible said the Lord being merciful unto him. My God. Anybody glad for the mercy? Well, let's let's not let's get them both together. Grace, the unmerited favor of God, and the mercy of God. Come on, somebody! My God, it ain't no time for lingering, saints. They could have left him right there, but while Lot lingered, the angels physically grabbed him, and the Lord had mercy on him, and took him and set him out of the city. 
that he not be destroyed with those two twin cities. Now, the Bible also lets us know that Lot's wife not just looked back, but she uh, looked back with sorrow. Uh, she looked back, uh, I, I looked at that and uh, um, uh, it said with a longing. She looked back with a longing. I don't know if it was the house. I don't know if it was the friends. Uh, I don't know what it was, but she looked back with a longing. Uh, Paul talks about a spirit of wantingness. We don't look at the world with a spirit of wantingness. We don't, you know, oh man, I wish I could go back to just one more party. I wish I could get one more cigarette. Wish I could just get one more high. We don't look at the world with a, with a, a longing, the desire to be back in the world. She looked back with a long, now you all remember uh, Babylon, uh, when King Cyrus uh, let uh, Israel, the Jews go, not everybody went back. They had fallen in love with Babylon and decided to stay. And there was only a fraction of the individuals that went back to Jerusalem after being freed in Babylon. Come on, somebody. Do the conditions of this world grieve your spirit? Hmm. Or are you looking at the world with a longingness that you want to be like them? Ah, my God. So prior to the coming of the Lord, this is going to be the dangerous culture. It will be like the days of Noah. It will be like the days of Lot. This is the dangerous culture that's going to exist. The signs that you will see. He said, they're not going to come with observation. The kingdom of God is in you. Watch people. Watch what they do. You're the sign. <laughs> My God. The Bible talks about there's going to be a great falling away. People don't identify with Christ anymore like they used to. Come on, somebody. So there is going to be a prevailing evil and perversion. All right. And uh, this is the, the danger that each and every one of us need to be aware of. In the midst of all the perversion the people are going to be going along as if everything is normal. Oh my God. People are going to tolerate things as if that's just the way things are. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's no big deal. Come on, somebody. Uh, things that, you know, back in the day that would, you know, the saints, if they wore any pearls and make, you know, I said, make you clutch your pearls, make a saint gasp. Nobody's, um, nobody's excited about that no more. Well, you know, that's uh, young people are going to be, 
young people, and that's what young people do. And, and you know, they say ain't no fool like an old fool. Because you got some old people that want to be young. Come on, somebody. And they got drugs now like uh, Viagra and Cialis and Levitra that, you know, <laughs> uh, talking about bringing back the days of glory. You, you still did. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, you'd be surprised at some of the things that you see uh, on Facebook. As I say, back in the day, the saints would, you know, wow. You know, it, it would be a big thing. Now, you know, you, you see people that were once in the church, you know, they left out uh, with a husband. They were married and now they're on Facebook introducing their new boo. Oh, this is my new man now. You will. And you know what uh, the dangerous church culture is? Some of you saints will go out there and like it. You actually put a word of encouragement when it ought to vex your spirit. Oh, I see you now. Are you crazy? Well, you ought to be out there just doing it yourself if you're going to condone it. We don't get involved in those things, nor do we uh, 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 enjoy the, what the people that are doing it. We don't condone that. This is the dangerous church culture that exists right now that God is telling us these are the signs of my imminent return. When you see these signs, come on somebody, Hymenaeus and Philetus were kicked out that they might be shamed. Shamed and do what? Come back. Now people can do some of the, the whoo, <laughs> some of the most abominable things and they're celebrated. They ain't shame. They put it out there on Facebook, let you know, you know, as pastor, you know, a lot of times I got to go to Facebook to find out what, what people are doing, what they're up to. And you would be shocked. Come on, somebody. My God. Verse 26 through 28. What does he say? As it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be also in the day of the Son of Man, my coming. They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, what did they do? They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built as in a, in, a un, in a perverse world, people were going along with it as if it was just normal. Life was going on as usual. Come on, somebody. Despite the horrible wickedness, the horrible perversion, the evil that's going on around us 
People are just going on as if everything is everything. They were going about their normal routines unfazed. As I say back in the day, if the saints wore pearls, it'll make you clutch your pearls. But now, you know, the mothers of the church, you say, did you see something, mother? Even the mother of the church ain't saying nothing. Well, that's just what young people do. Likewise, in the days of Lot, what did they do? They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they uh, built they were being productive. They went to work. They started businesses. Come on, somebody. Life was normal and everything was going on as if everything was normal. They were desensitized. Come on, somebody. To what was going on around them. They were unfazed. God said, when you see these signs happening, just as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, they're on somebody. You're right at my return. They were unfazed by it. Come on, somebody. Not only was wickedness accepted, it was celebrated. People will celebrate you and, and just like everything is everything. Come on, somebody. My God. Except for those individuals that are living a godly life. Come on, somebody. My God. We are the Noahs and the lots of our day. What we see going on, what's happening today ought to vex your spirit. Come on, somebody. And you got no business celebrating any of the unwicked, the wickedness, the ungodliness, the perversion that's going on right up under our nose. Mm, my God. All right. Second Peter. Second Peter, listen, uh, I know people are doing some great things. I know um, there are several church, uh, saints that are looking for homes, and I'm praying for you that you're successful and find the home of your dreams and individuals, even my own daughter, Madison, is graduating. Uh, thank God for her, others that are graduating. Uh, individuals that are getting promotions on their jobs, starting your own business. I have nothing. I think that's good. But don't you dare allow those things to have you so preoccupied that you forget about God. We're living in a time where, you know, Sunday is not Sunday anymore. People take Sunday and they do what they want to do. Oh, I'm busy, you know, you know, I'm working, you know, my business and I'm, I'm, I'm working on, uh, you know, uh, buying a house and, you know, I'm, I'm busy on this. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I just want me some me time. 
lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Come on, somebody. All right, this time. I got to clap my hands. I was inspired by um, Elder Courtney Ford, uh, Minister Courtney Ford. Um, I appreciated his enthusiasm. He, you get excited about what you're talking about. Listen, if I ain't excited about it, how am I going to expect you to get excited about it? Thank you, uh, Minister Ford. Uh, many of you told me that um, uh, you enjoyed his Bible class, and I certainly enjoyed it myself. And one of the things that my comment was, I, I appreciated his enthusiasm. He was excited about what he's talking about. So I said, I'm going to start waving my hands, and I'm going to start... Clapping, man. Y'all clap too. Somebody maybe in your household need to wake up. Get excited about what we're talking about. Wake up, Zion. It's time to wake up. The Lord is soon to come. Don't you allow yourself to be rocked to sleep. It's too late in the day. My God, the sun is going down. My God, and the Lord is soon to come. They were desensitized to what was going on. They were unfazed among somebody. Uh, but Lot was very phased. It, it vexed his spirit. Come on, somebody. Not only was there an abundant uh, wickedness, but wickedness was celebrated as if it was normal. Come on, somebody. And listen, if you're trying to live a godly life, Hmm. This ought to vex your spirit. Look at Second uh, Peter, second chapter, verses uh, seven and eight. Peter said concerning Lot, "What happened? And delivered just Lot. What was he? He was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Anybody vexed in your spirit?" Uh, are we seeing these signs, these birds of prey, these multiple signs? God said, when you see these signs, just, just as sure as you see birds of prey over a dead carcass, when you see these signs, that's indication. If you want to know when I'm coming back, my God, watch what people do. Watch what they do. All right. He was vexed. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, he was vexed uh, his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Have you fallen in love with Babylon? It's all Babylon. Have you fallen in love with it? People are, are lackadaisical now. Well, you know, we don't need to do that no more. And, you know, and my God pandemic. Whoo! It has changed the world and it has changed the church and it has changed people. And not all of those changes are for the good. People have let down now as if God ain't watching. God, I see you. God is still watching. He's still recording. Come on, somebody. Yo, you know that uh, people pay, I pay money to, to store things in the cloud. Everything is being stored in the cloud. And it's not going to be destroyed. 
God said the books are going to be open. Come on, somebody. So Lot was opposed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. It tormented him seeing it. My God. Anybody feel an oppression in your spirit? My God. When you see individuals that are just do I, I'm now listen. The world loves his own. I'm talking about saints now. I'm dealing with saints now. Does it, does it oppress your spirit? Individuals that you see that were vibrant at one time in the church, living their life for God, they were on fire for God. Now they're out in the world just shaking their thing, doing what they want to do. Come on, somebody. Anybody tormented by the stuff that you see and you hear of your own brother and sister, come on, somebody. My God, listen, it's to be expected. Come on, somebody. My God, if you're going to live a godly life and try to please God in an ungodly world, your spirit is going to feel oppressed and heavy and burdensome. Now, on somebody, matter of fact, you ought to check yourself if it doesn't grieve your spirit. You ought to check yourself if you're just going along with everything that you see, everything that you happen, what's happening. My God, maybe you've fallen in love with Babylon. And you are just like, well, well, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and, and planning and, and buying and, and building. Everything is, well, this is just the day we live in. Come on, somebody. But I want to let those individuals that are grieved, that are, are, are burdened in your spirit, oppressed by what you see going on. The Bible says, just as God rescued Noah and Lot, God is going to rescue his dear children. Somebody need to clap right now. Come on, somebody. My God. Behold, I come quickly. You're going to come as a thief in the night. God always protects his bride. Come on, somebody. Snatches her out. Before the judgment is passed upon this earth, God is going to snatch his people out. Uh, verse 34 and 36. Come on, somebody. Uh, Luke, the physician, he lets us know how precise this thing is. Look at it. Uh, Luke 17. Luke 17, okay, Luke 17, 34 through 36. He said, I tell you that in the night there shall be two men in one bed. One shall be taken and the other left. Um, there's nothing funny going on in this bed. Two men that are close. 
uh, and I'll get to, we explain to it a little bit more. I'm going to dumb it down for you. Two women shall be grinding together. One shall be taken and the other left. Two men in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Now, I want you to take notice. The dear physician lets you know how precise, you know, physicians, they deal with precision. Everything has to be exact and you want them to be if they're cutting on you. Um, Notice the proximity of these individuals. Uh, The Bible says the, the, the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting asunder. God knows those that are his. Now, let me make this plain. Two people will be on the praise team. One will be taken and the other left. Notice the proximity. They're close now. Two people in the choir. One is going to be taken and the other left. Come on, somebody. Two people in the missionary. Now, y'all know all the missionaries are saved. One is going to be taken and the other left. The deacon board. One is going to be taken and the other left. Brotherhood. Well, that ain't going to surprise us. (laughs) One is going to be taken and the other is going to be left. Did you notice the proximity? Two in the bed, two in the field. Just how easy God's word can carve one out and leave the other. Come on, somebody. Jesus is talking about the doctrine of uh, of the resurrection. When he comes and snatches his people out, come on, somebody. He will always protect his bride. God knows those that are his. He's going to take us out of harm's way before judgment is passed upon this earth. Come on, somebody. The righteous he will take with him and the unrighteous will suffer the consequences of their actions. And listen, it's not your job to get nobody in order. It's your job to get you in order. Come on, somebody. Not your job. Don't be worrying about somebody else's business. It's not your job to get the church in order. That's the pastor's job. God is holding me responsible for that. You help me out and tell on you. (laughs) That's what I need people to do. You help me out and tell on you. Don't tell me with somebody. I might know more about it than you do. I may not know nothing about it, but that's still not your business. You uh, get so busy worried about somebody else's saved and you fool around and slip and you ain't even saved yourself. The Bible says save yourself from this untoward generation. Saints, it is time for us to get right Judgment is coming. What you're going to do, do it quickly. Come on, somebody. Just as God rescued Noah, he rescued Lot. Come on, somebody. His family. My God, he's going to protect us. He's going to rescue 
uh, us, just as he rescued Lot and his family uh, from that uh, sulfur rain, that rain of fire, he is going to rescue us before he brings judgment upon this earth. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, somebody. We can rest in this. We can trust God. Tell that neighbor, do you trust God? Do you believe God? Come on, somebody. We shall uh, 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 suffer a small persecution here. I, yeah, yeah, I understand. You know, people, well, you know, I, I, I feel so depressed and I, I feel oppressed. Well, you should. It, it, it seems like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not myself. Well, it's to be expected. Come on, somebody. My God. We're going to go through persecution in this life, but we're going to miss the great persecution. And what is that? That's the tribulation period. Come on, somebody. Until that time, we got to hold on until the Lord come. Second uh, Peter. Second Peter, second chapter. Bible is going to let us know. And we're going to debunk this thing that everybody's going to be saved. We all serve the same God. We're all going to the same place. The devil is a liar. Second Peter, second chapter five through nine. Everybody's not going to be saved and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, uh, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. We read this before and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That's the way why the reason you feel the way you feel. Well, it ought to be the you ought not be rejoicing with what you see going on around you. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. All right, this. Somebody clap your hands. We're going to read that one more time. I'm banking on this right here. The Lord know how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Anybody excited about that? My God, I dare you to shout Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, Lord, I love you. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God knows those that are living a holy life, that are walking up right before him. Come on, somebody. My God, saints, we have to persevere and be strong. Come on, somebody. This is a very unrighteous day in which we live, but we can do all things through Christ that does what? Is he strengthening you? Can anybody say the Lord is blessing me? 
The Lord is blessing me right now. Listen, we don't all serve the same God and everybody's not going to be saved. This scripture here just debunked that, uh, that thought. Their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Everybody's not going to be saved. Come on, somebody. The whole world won't be saved, but thank God the whole world won't be lost. <laughs> I, my God, I, is there one? I'm going to raise my hand. My God. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. All right. I want to share with you the timeline of events that we have covered uh, thus far. Timeline of events. All right. Let's see. Uh, number one, the righteous will be the minority living among a wicked majority. Have that come to pass yet? I'll let you answer that for yourself. Wickedness in the world would not only be tolerated, but celebrated as normal routine. Any, anybody starting to see more birds? Come on, somebody. God is going to rescue the righteous. And God is going to bring judgment upon a wicked world. Come on, somebody. And I understand and know. Come on, somebody. My God. These things vex our spirit. It ought to bother you. It ought to upset you. It ought to make you feel oppressed and depressed. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not surprised with the world. I'm talking about individuals that we all had the same spiritual meat and all the same spiritual drink. Come on, somebody. But with many of them, the Lord was not well pleased. What happened? They were overthrown in the wilderness. What's happening today? People are being overthrown in the wilderness. All right. Now. Despite all of this that's going on, we, the church, we have a mission. Listen, uh, saints, lift up your head, O ye gates. Come on, somebody. My God, it is not time for us to be depressed, to be oppressed, to be down and out. And, and I don't know what's going to happen. Come on, somebody, you're a false witness. Get all that stuff out your mouth. We got a mission. Is there not a cause? It buck yourself up. David said, when I didn't have nobody else to encourage me, I had to encourage myself. Take control. Come on, y'all. Put y'all hands together. Take control of your atmosphere. My God. I know this stuff is vexing your spirit, but that does not change our mission. Come on, somebody. We have to win the world to Christ. 
Come on, somebody. We can't retreat just because uh, people are getting crazy, and they are. We can't retreat because the world is getting more crazy, and they are. Come on, somebody. We have a biblical mission to win the world to Christ until this gospel be preached to the whole world, and then the end shall come. Come on, somebody. My God. Get a hold of yourself. Come on, somebody. Some of us need to go back to the altar. Go back to your brother and, and confess. You talk about confess your faults one to another. Uh, a fault is not a sin. You don't confess your sin to your brother. Uh, but, you know, you're running around and you're talking all this sad song and all this sad. Buck yourself up. Get your face straight, boo-boo. We got a work to do. You think just because the world is going crazy, we're going to throw up our hands and quit? Just because people are crazy today, you're going to throw up your, well, get, that makes you crazy too. We have a race to run and a God to please. Come on, somebody. My God. How do we maintain our mission? How do we stay on course and win the world to Christ and still protect ourselves from this ungodly influence? How are we going to do that? Come on, somebody. My God. Let's go to Jude 1 and 3. Jude. How are we going to preach and teach to people that have lost their mind without losing our own mind? We're living in a dangerous church culture. My God. You know, as I say, the world don't... Uh, I understand the world do what the world does, but we got to win them over. But I, I, I'm really vexed. I'm really perplexed at what I see saints do. My God. Jude 1 and 3, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you, buck you up, encourage you that you should earnestly contend. You got to fight for this faith. Come on, somebody. You got to fight for what we believe. Um, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You got to fight, fight. Fight. The songwriter said, live, 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 live. Come on, somebody. My God. And having done all to stand. You know, we're soldiers. Saints. And we got to fight. You don't have no choice. If you're going to be saved. My God. It's time for us to wake out of our sleep. Come on, somebody. Um, the world has its mission and it's focused. Uh, it's persistent. 
Um, it has uh, honed its craft. It knows what it's doing. Come on, somebody. What is the world's mission? To win you. Mm, my God. To overwhelm you. To depress you. To discourage you. To make you think everybody's doing it. And nobody ain't say, well, I guess I'll go on and, and give up. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. We have two opposing missions going on in the world today. What is the world's mission? My God, to be conformed. Be conformed. Come on, somebody. What is our mission? To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My God, my God, what is the world trying to do? Come on, somebody. It's telling the church to be quiet, to accept our values, uh, to embrace our philosophy, to agree with our culture, uh, to go along with our trends, to adopt our belief system, come on somebody, and the systems of the world, shut up, don't ask questions, just go along with what you see, and the world is trying to squeeze you into its mold. Do you feel the pressure? Come on somebody, I feel the pressure. Well, everybody's doing it, you know, it's all right, Pastor. You know, uh, this church is doing it, and, and that ministry is doing it. And, you know, they'll even tell you, uh, Bishop so-and-so. And Bishop so-and-so. Come on, somebody. Do you feel the pressure of the world trying to squeeze you into its mold and go along with it? Come on, somebody. But what was happening, it grieved Lot's spirit. What did Lot do? He prayed. And God sent him two angels. Come on, somebody. My God. People don't hold uh, God in uh, his proper place, in proper perspective anymore. They don't esteem him highly anymore. Come on, somebody. My God. Our mission is to help the world to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Come on, somebody. And nothing can shed uh, uh, what can make me whole again. Nothing but the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What can make me white again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The world needs Jesus. All right, this is this is our clap break. Come on, y'all, clap with me. Wake up. Wake up, Zion. Get encouraged, Zion. Get excited, Zion. Get excited about our message. Get excited about our mission. 
Come on, somebody. My God. Every one of us got to run the race that have been set before us, laying aside every weight and sin that does so easily. Come on, somebody. Disqualify you for the race. Come on, somebody. And what happens when the world is changed by the power of Jesus Christ? Come on, somebody. When that happens, the world's values change. Their beliefs change. Their objectives change. Their standards change. Come on, somebody. They become different from the world because they become transformed by the renewing of their mind. Come on, somebody. My God. The world is aggressively trying to recruit you and your family, come on somebody, to be to com- to be conformed. And if you will not be conformed, what will they do? They will shame you if you don't act like them. If you don't talk like them. If you don't think like them. If you don't believe like them and after shaming you, oh yeah, there's another step. They're going to persecute you. What? Yes. They're going to persecute you and I'll say all manner of evil against you. Listen, we are not exempt from what we see Christians going through. In the rest of the world, you know, sometimes we think about how in the people were martyred in India and people martyred in Africa. And we think about what's going on in Ukraine and um, Zelensky, he is a Jew and they're calling for the denazification of Ukraine. They've turned it into a holy, a, a race war among somebody. And uh, a lot of the we have churches in Ukraine. Christians are being persecuted. And you think you're just going to sit around and go through nothing? Must Jesus bear the cross for long and the rest of the world go free? Every one of us has got a cross to bear. My God. Um, and those that will live godly must suffer persecution. My God. Um, I got that scripture. Second Timothy three, second Timothy three and 12. I'm hoping somebody will buck yourself up, get yourself excited, straighten yourself out, put on the whole arm of God, stop all this. Woe am I? And seem like ain't nobody saved and, 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 and the whole world is, and even the church. You think just because you see those things happening, that gives you a, a reason to fall off on the sideline. It ought to cause you to even get more excited, get more determined. Um, I forgot when uh, I was watching some movie and one fighter was in uh, training another fighter. He said, when it looks like you're losing the battle, it's time to get mad. 
them on somebody and take the fight to the enemy. I wish I could get some saints to, instead of, you know, uh, complaining and falling to the wayside and getting depressed and oppressed. Yeah, I know your spirit is vexed, but it's time for you to get mad and get determined. Put on the whole armor of God. Come on, somebody. And having done all to stand, let's stand on God's word. The Lord is soon to come. We see the signs. Come on, somebody. He, he has already told us, about the dangerous church culture that's going to exist right before his return. We see it. It's happening right now. And it ought to cause you to buckle your seatbelt and become more determined. My God. Pulling people out of the fire. I think I got that scripture in here too. All right. Second Timothy, the third chapter, verse 12. It's important news bulletin from Paul. Look what he says. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What? 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 I thought we were supposed to, and I thought, and, and I thought... Get yourself together. Let's fight. Pull yourself together. Church. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Listen, if you depressed about this. It's not getting better. We are in the battle of Armageddon. You're going to suffer persecution, but you ain't got time to be depressed about that because things are going to get worse. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou has learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou has learned them. This is no time to be following after false Christs and following after false ministries and following after false teachers. Get the truth and sell it not. Ain't nothing new out there. People are so desperate looking for something new that they're going to be deceived. Running after this and running after, he's over there. He's over there. Don't go out. Don't follow them. My God. And that from a child thou has known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. All right. My clock must be off. You say I'm out of time? It's about All right. Well, listen, I'm going to finish this Bible class. Y'all can leave if you have to. I'm going to finish this. Uh, I'm on a roll here. All right. And that from a child, if you have to leave, leave your offering. And, and But uh, you can come back and play this later. But I'm going to finish this tonight. 
and that from a child I has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. What you learn in church, what you have been taught is able to make you wise unto salvation. You need the word to be saved. Come on, somebody. Expect persecution. You hear what I said? Expect it. Embrace it. Because God said it was coming. My God. And just know things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. Don't spend your time with quacks. Know those things. Continue in those things that thou has learned and have been assured of. Holiness is still right. Come on, somebody. My God. He's going to give you pastors that's going to feed you with the knowledge and understanding. Uh, come on, somebody. And where did the pastor get it from? He got it from the word. That's what we're doing tonight. We're sharing the word. Amen. That's able to make you wise unto salvation. This is what you need to be saved. Come on, somebody. My God. People are getting more information from other sources than they're getting from the Bible. If you get your, if you spend more time on Facebook than you spend reading the Bible, your mind is already deceived. Let me say that again. If you spend more time thumbing through Facebook, you always on this, and this is where this is your source of information. Your mind is already deceived. Get in the word. Get in the word. Come on, somebody. My God. You sure enough going to get yourself depressed following after the world and, and what the world is doing. Come on, somebody. My God. What are we to do? Saints, listen. We cannot abandon our mission. All right, look at Jude 22. Jude 22. We're already there. And some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to do what? My God, to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. And let everybody say, amen. My God, listen, you can't make no difference if you bound yourself. Hmm. Say that again, pastor. You can't make no difference if you bound yourself. Shake yourself. Get up from there. Come on, somebody. My God. You ever been somebody, you've been fearful for somebody, and you put your own life on the line? That's what that scripture says. 
and others save with fear, pulling them from the fire. You, you know, sometimes people jump into a lake and try to save somebody uh, from drowning and they bring them out and uh, they try to tell them that they're a hero. They say, well, I'm not no hero. I just, I thought I did what was necessary. I'm not a hero. I just did what I, I knew was necessary. Mm, we need some saints like that. Get up off the sideline and do what's necessary. My God, to save others from the judgment to come. My God. All right. We have to take personal responsibility. I got one more slide I'm going to show you here. One more slide I'd like to show you. Um, what are we to do? Uh, let me see if I can get my face up here. Mm, okay. What are we to do? There is a personal responsibility. Look, what are we going to do, saints? Do not neglect personal attention and devotion to reading and prayer. This is your personal responsibility. How are we going to win a world to Christ? Come on, somebody. And, and uh, in an ungodly world while preserving our godly minds. You can't go out if you're not built up yourself. You can't win nobody to Christ if you're all depressed and oppressed and turned out. Come on, somebody. All right. Do not neglect personal attention and devotion to reading and prayer. This is your personal responsibility. What does Hebrews 10 and 25 says? 25 through 27. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's what we're doing right now. And as a manner of some is, but we got to encourage one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Look at verse 26. For if we sin willfully, he calls it a willful sin. Come on, somebody. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You have walked out of your blood covering. That ends with a, a comma. So there's more to come. There's a more added to that thought. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. We're going to win. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Come on, somebody. Uh, Jude 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. What is uh, praying, reading, praying, fasting, devotion, your personal responsibility? What does that do? It builds you up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. My God. You can't represent him. Come on, somebody. 
without letting the influence of the world penetrate our own hearts. My God, we can't let the this what's happening in this world penetrate our hearts, deceive our minds. We can't represent him. Come on, somebody, if we're entangled with the cares of this world, I'm on somebody, my God. Oh, Zion, what's the matter now? This is the dangerous church culture that we are living in. Jesus said, everybody that is of the truth heareth my voice. Did you hear him on the night? May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. New Grace, it's all frame time. It's all frame time. I didn't want to break this Bible class up into two segments. I wanted to finish it. Hopefully those individuals that could not stay will come back and uh, play it again. And um, unfortunately, you know, Jesus said, I've come to bear witness of the truth. Amen. To a wicked and dying world. And, you know, people are going to stand before God and said, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you're being set up. You're being set up. Jesus is going to pick up his iPhone and he's going to show it to you. Well, yeah, it's stored right here in the cloud. I got you. I got your recording. I, I, you can hear your own voice. Come on, somebody denying my word, denying my truth, doing your own thing. My God, he that is of the truth heareth my voice. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Love you, New Grace. Good night. I'm not going to apologize for holding you long. Amen. You could uh, cut off if you want to, but if you stayed with me, God is going to bless you. All right. And you all know about the offering. And we'll see you all next time. See you on Mother's Day if the Lord say the same. I love you.